Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 306th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio-based legends over at audiotechnica.com. Get yourself some fantastic audio equipment from that website, ASAP. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, as is tradition, my podcast, Right I Die, my rogue to my Wolverine. Find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I am tired, yet full of caffeine. Yeah, so. we talked about this. And you, you opened my eyes to the fact you can get uh, sparkling water with caffeine now. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry, caffeine in anything. It still won't work for me, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling the same. I'm a little bit tired. It's been, um, yeah, we're recording a day later than usual. Had uh, had Mama, sure. Mama Loz in town, so uh, shout out to Mama Loz. Thanks for, for stopping on by and, and seeing your beloved children down here in Melbourne. It was a good time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it just gave us a little bit more time to, to put together an agenda and hope that there was going to be some big news dropping overnight. And sadly, there wasn't really anything else worth waiting for from Saturday through to Sunday, but we're here. Got our usual uh, run sheet for episode 306. Last week, obviously, we did our annual spooky edition. Thanks again to Kat for jumping on in and stopping on by and sharing all kinds of creepy and scary stories with us. But yeah, we're back. We're back to business here, Miss Hart. Yeah, back to business and ca- catching up on all the games and movies and TVs that we uh, watched in the time between. Yeah, there has been um, been a lot going on. There's a lot of things okay. I've realised when when sort of putting out, you know, what have we been up to segment together as far as there's a lot of things I haven't mentioned that, that I've played or watched the last few weeks because there are many. So I've just sort of cherry-picked and I'm assuming you've done the same because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of content to consume out there at the moment. Yeah, I just realised, like, I saw what you wrote down. I'm like, oh, yeah, I played that too. Mm-hmm. I thought <laughs> I, I'd I th- chuck to it be in. Honest, to be honest, I feel like everyone in the gaming space has at least played this game once. Yeah, yeah. So so let's I guess let's rip that band-aid off and, and sort of talk about what we're alluding to there. And obviously we're we're talking about the uh the mobile video game sensation known as Marvel Snap. Uh it says uh yeah, taken the world by storm finally. It was a bit of a slow uptake. I've been uh I've been dabbling on this for a few months now. I'm uh nearly at level one thousand. Um, as oh. far as the little leveling score system works at the top, I've been uh, just grinding and chipping away, building my decks out. But Miss Hart, how have you been finding it? Because uh, you're a bit bit newer to the the Marvel Snap fold. Are you enjoying your time with this uh, little CCG? Yeah. Um, <gasps> yeah, like everyone has been really hyping up this game and talking it up, and like you, like I don't know if anyone else is experiencing it like I am, but I feel like every second advertisement I get is this game. And the only reason why I installed it and played it was because I was really hungover on a Sunday <laughs> and decided that there was no way I was going to leave the bed. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll install this game on my phone and see what it's about. And luckily enough, I already had an idea of this style of card game because I, a similar dynamic is in Cold of the Lamb. There's like a similar kind of game in in that in that game, so I kind of understood some of it. Um, I played it for a few days. I like upgrading the cards; I think that's pretty fun. But for the most part, I'm kind of eh about it. Um, My heart. Well, like like I, I, the thing is, is that I'm like playing it and I'm comparing the experience to Hearthstone, and I just enjoy Hearthstone way more. Way, way, way more. Um, I, I, I think it's the, there's more thought to it. <laughs> um, and like Marvel Snap, like I feel like once you get the same kind of like once you have a certain like deck build and you kind of know some of the spaces that you're going to play in and, you know, like how to team up some cards to really benefit yourself and your score. Like in the end, I feel like there's kind of like almost like no brainer moments. So um, yeah, I, I it didn't really grab me as much as it seems to be grabbing everyone else because no one, it feels like 
everyone is playing it and can't shut up about it. Yeah, the internet has uh, gotten very horny for Marvel Snap. It's funny because yeah. the game's been out for, I'd say, I'd say maybe two months, maybe a little bit more. I don't know the exact dates, but it's been out a little while, and no one really talked about it for a bit. And now everyone is talking about it and sort of screen sharing and, and talking about their little deck compositions yes. and this, that, the other. And yeah, it's fun. And like, I, I think of it as sort of like baby's first Hearthstone in a way or Hearthstone, depending on the purists out there. Entry level card game. Like, yeah. yeah. But there is there is some, some complexities to that sort of simplicity in a way because it is only, you know, 12 cards in the deck, six rounds or potentially seven, depending on if you get one of the different zones that add another yeah. round. Uh, so I, I just enjoy the pacing of it. Like the fact that you can smash games out in two minutes or less, uh, unless I've, I've actually had a few games this week where they've just dragged the timer down, like just not made a move until the very end and let the timer go every round. So it dragged out for so long. So fuck that guy or girl. That really annoyed me. But uh, yeah, it's fun. And I like I like sort of building up, like it's sort of, bit of a chess match where you know you see you might get one of your cards that are you know six power level so you can only play it in round six so you start sort of building building those moves to set up that big final hammer swing at the end so i like Mm. when you can sort of have your strategies play off through those six rounds and and watch the the synergies and the buffs and the nerfs that are playing out on the on the board as well it's it's just really fun and like you said the the card art style not only just the the, the singular version of the card but then yeah you, you when you upgrade the card you know you get a get three 3d name or they they break the the border of the card and sort of you know bust out of the card a little bit and the, the detail levels enhance or then you can get you know the pixel art versions or the throwback versions or whatever yeah it's really cool and it rewards fans of marvel uh, especially if you're trying to build a certain deck around a, a set set group of cards and that's it you can have some really really pretty cards to play but uh i i love it i can't get enough i play i reckon i play on and off maybe one to two hours every day i'd say just in, in between yeah. things it's like you know if i'm i'm just finished an episode of anime or something on tv and it gets the credits I'm like, all right i'll smack out a game now between episodes loading up or uh, during the ads or whatever it might be. It's it's good in that regard where you can just mm. smash these little games out super quick and not really disrupt your day. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm a big Marvel Snap fan. And, uh, yeah, climbing to 1,000, I thought, oh, shit, clearly that's got to be close to, like, the end point. And then last time, I'll just keep scrolling through sort of the, the upgrade tree that you show where the progression system is. And I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and I think it got up past 1,700. I'm like, I'm not going to scroll anymore because this is making me depressed now because I thought I've got to be close to the end point there. I'm like, nope, no, 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 no. i got a long way to go. I have to ask you an honest question because I feel like with my impression of the game, this this idea isn't extremely valid, but I don't actually see longevity of this game I feel like like you said you've been playing it for quite some time and no one had interest in it and now I feel like that it's this like thing that kind of happens in in the gaming space and pop culture and everything the little hype bubble where everyone gets excited and hyped up over like and obsessed over this certain Mm -hmm. product and everyone's about it you see it everywhere everyone's talking about it and then just everyone stops talking about it and it fades away and comes into like nothingness and then, like, you maybe have, like, a few stragglers or people that jumped on, late on later on saying, like, oh, is anyone still playing this? And it's like, no, everyone got over it as yeah. fast as they got into it. That's, do that's you fair. See, do you see, like, longevity of this game? Um, I think so because, like, because they've expanded out this this progression system where when, the, when I first started playing the game, you were getting a new card, like, almost every second time you, you leveled up. But yeah. now it seems like they've stretched that out to maybe every six to eighth time. So they're sort of stretching it out. And because they've tiered off certain cards where they're, they're, they're randomized, but they're randomized in a certain pool. So there's, there's a, you know, card X might only be available when you're above, let's say, level 900 and up to 1400. But there's no guarantee that you'll get it when you get to like 950. It's just RNG from that pool each time so i think it's going to keep people coming back where they're like oh i really need to push forward to get this particular card so then i can build this new deck and and really change the game in in their eyes so yeah there is that incentive because you don't know when that card will drop for you because you see certain decks and they'll drop a card and, and, you, and you see the damages and you're like holy shit i need this in my deck 
And then it's like, when, when am I going to get it? I don't know. So there is, I think, that push there for, for into the unknown where you want it and you want to try this new meta out, but then because you can't, it might keep you coming back. But outside of that, yeah, I don't know, unless they start bringing in like little tawnies and, and maybe global rankings and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But for now, it's it's a good itch scratcher for me, that's for sure. Fair enough. I'm I'm gonna just like sit back, let everyone enjoy it, and then see see what happens. See how um, front facing and in social media it is, and maybe a month, like maybe even in a few weeks' time, I'd say I'd be very mm. curious. And uh, world, you'd be very proud of me. I have not spent one cent on Marvel Snap, not one. You didn't you didn't not buy the one. battle pass? No, no. Really? Yeah, not one cent. So I have just been grinding this game just the good old-fashioned way. Huh. Mm. I'm genuinely surprised. I feel like everyone has, like, bought, like, done the first, like, battle pass thing and then had to buy the next one because it's behind a $10 paywall. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a $10 pay. And it's cheeky, too, because these seasons, like, that, that coincide with the battle pass, they seem to only last, like, I'd say it's no more than a month. But maybe maybe it's like three or so weeks or so because I, I was playing last night and it was like, this season ends soon. I'm like, didn't this season only just start a few weeks ago? This symbiote-inspired um, sort of battle pass they're running at the moment. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, that's how they're making their cash. And then on the back of that, I guess, is where they're going to keep churning new cards, which keeps people, players coming back. So it's, True. it's chasing that new and shiny. But, uh, yeah, I've I do- been very impressed by not spending a penny. I do see the positive in this game in the sense that sometimes these characters, I'd get these cards with these characters. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. So I'd actually look them up and find out stuff about them. So I give them that plus of this game. I think that's a good benefit for anyone that might be a comic book fan and want to uh, extend their knowledge a little bit. So I completely agree because you've you got your main lines, you know, you've got all your, all your Marvel stalwarts from the good and the bad side. But yeah, you get <laughs> these people from left of center and you're like, who is this character? And Especially when, like, the, the character art of them, it's like, holy shit, this person or this this creature or whatever looks amazing. Yeah, let's just well, looks check. looks a little interesting. <laughs> yeah, let's let's check out Google and, and see what their story is. So I like that where they're, they're pulling from, from deeper Marvel lore and, and not just leaning into their 1700 Iron Man variants or whatever else, you know. They're, they're, getting, yeah. they're getting out in the weeds. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's on um, iOS and Android, so you can play... On your respective mobile platforms, free to download, PC super simple too, to pick apparently. up. PC as well now. Damn. Apparently, yeah. People Smart. have been saying that they can play it on PC now. Smart play. But mm. uh, yeah, the card art style's stunning. And seeing yeah. that when you can get like the 3D ones and you see that the you know the background depth of field changes, you rotate the card in your virtual hand, it's it's very pretty. It's a very yeah. pretty game. And the ones that have like little animations when you yes. put them down as well. That's I love it. Cool. I love it. Can't get enough. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully they have like a friends list. Then you can sort of battle your friends or make little tawnies to have some fun. Because that's I one that thing was, that's lacking. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that that wasn't an option. You couldn't play your friends. Yeah. I'd love to uh, get a group together and like have a little little knockout tournament and see who's playing as what and, and have a bit of fun that way. But yeah, Marvel yeah. Snap, it's it's fun. It's free to play. It's everywhere. And the grind to the infinite max level, it seems like, continues. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep chipping away. Got a little bit of travel this week for work. So I'll uh, be playing this at the airport here and there, no doubt. So uh, yeah, Marvel Snap, check it out. Uh, I haven't really played much else of note. I've had a few things I've wanted to dig into, but um, I'll quickly just just highlight two films that I've watched in the past couple of weeks as well. The first one I wanted to highlight, The Invitation. Do not go watch The Invitation. It is so bad. Unless you want some bad, horrible, cheesy, vampire-esque horror, give it a peek, but uh, it's not a good time. It is not a good time. The acting, the writing, it is all just, oh boy. But... Uh, Apparently it was a box office success somehow, so uh, maybe we'll I don't get think a sequel. It had a, I, to be honest, I don't think it had a lot to compete with. From when I remember the trailer announcement, it coming out, I don't think it was a very competitive box office. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a mess. It's a mess, and not in a good way. But like something that's a mess in a good way is Terrifier Two. I've watched Damien Leone's Terrifier Two <laughs> twice um, in the past couple of weeks now, and. Yeah, it is. It is everything the internet says it is. Like, uh, it is unsettling. It's it's horrific. It's hyper violent. It's gross. 
and I understand why people are fainting and vomiting in the cinemas. It is now an internet hit. Like this was a movie that got made on a budget of two hundred fifty thousand. And um, at time of recording, I think it's up over $9 million in, in box office revenue now. So, like, it is serious? awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just blown up. Came out, like, I think, like, perfect time. A movie for Halloween that's just so out there and so unique. And then the talking points about the fainting and the vomiting and, and the violence and the gore. I think it was just, uh, like, just a melting pot Some of, great of everything. Yeah, and the marketing's great. Um, Art the Clown is a horrific, horrific, horrific antagonist. And, um, yeah, I, I can't get enough. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Sienna Shaw as your is your protagonist. She's a great final girl. And I think we're going to get more of this universe. We'll get a third one, no doubt, because this movie has made money. They just, um, like the, the studios and, and the production companies behind it have just submitted this as as a I guess a pseudo piss take to be um you know in for the for Oscar nominations. So we'll probably see more press around that probably for it, you know, falling short and not not getting in. But like no yeah, the, the media machine is firmly behind Terrifier Two at the moment. And uh Damien Leone who who put this film together, like he wrote, he directed, he edited it, he produced it, and he did like the majority of the practical effects. Like he is a very talented individual and if you like your your sort of low budget horror slasher films but just with some crazy practical effects and exuberant amounts of violence and gore and guts and everything else in between this is a movie for you but just just uh just be careful because there is some unsettling images in this and there was one scene where i'm just like please let it be over this is too much i feel horrible for this character just kill them off because this is horrific stuff but in the best ways that's it. Like, and the, see, this is great marketing. This is a great way to sell uh, a movie. Is that because you're saying like this is so bad? It's so like uh, I'm like, like my brain's like, come on, how bad could it be? And then you know, there you go. Like it, the ever of, you know, rolling ball of like getting more people to watch it and it's popular. Mm-hmm. Nine million, you said. Fuck Nine up. million. Yep. Yeah, and I think right. it, it's just dropped on one of the streaming services now so you can watch it on there the 4k blu-ray edition's been announced and you can pre-order that so people are just running wild with this movie and it's it's awesome to see like you love seeing you know in the game space these little indies that just come out of nowhere and just blow up and that's what this film is and it was just perfect timing in every in every sort of essence of this of this film's release and yeah like you said the marketing campaign and the distinctive characters and it's it's very memorable in a lot of the right ways and it's just you know it's just perfect low budget slasher but oh my god some of the kills and some of the practical effects for for a you know a shoestring budget it's hella impressive the practical effects are fantastic and you just oh my god i just keep thinking of this one scene where i'm just like oh no more please no more it is it is rough i'll keep my eye out for it but i'm not going to actively go and watch it yeah, it's 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 worth a peek. It's worth a peek. Like it, like it's no Shawshank Redemption. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying the the acting and the quality and the cinematography is you know the top of the pops. But as far as a very in your face, balls to the wall, hyper violent horror movie, yeah, this is this is something that that you know almost stands alone in a way. And uh, yeah, it's 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 deserving of, of the, the press and the praise and it's, it's awesome to see. I love, love these little success stories where they've come out and you know, multiplied their budget 10 times over and everything else. It's, it's cool, but oh my God, Art the Clown, you sick, twisted son of a bitch. You make me very uncomfortable, but uh, yeah, Sienna Shaw, the new final girl, everyone's all about her at the moment, but that's what I've been doing. What about you? I'm going to throw it over to you. Tell me about anything, excuse me, anything else you've been uh, playing or watching. Following up my uh, hangover stuck in bed story, um, because of not moving from bed, I actually watched like pretty much all of She-Hulk mm-hmm. um, for, mm-hmm. to finish. So um, I, I'm, I think I'm going to like retract my statement uh, when I first, I watched the first episode, I believe it was, and maybe started the second and I said I didn't understand it, I didn't enjoy it, so I stopped watching it. Um Granted, I still think it's a really bad premise that if you, your first episode of a show doesn't grow, like grab people's attention or interest, then I still think see that as a failure. However, um, after watching 
off essentially the whole thing. I got the vibe, I understood it, and then I did enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I know the last episode, um, it has a lot of people mixed opinions on whether it was good or not. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to end a series, um, a se- like a series or season. Sorry. Um, so I'm gonna yeah take back what I said about it's not for me. It wasn't you know none of my interest. I gave it time. I watched it. Granted, I was bedridden, so it was kind of almost like, what was my options? However, <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's it's I, so great. It's so great. I, I love it, and I'm happy that you enjoyed it because it is such a unique concept and a unique way to tell a Marvel story compared yeah. to everything else that's out there. And I'm looking very much forward to more Jen Walters. And, yeah, the, the finale was divisive, but I like what they've potentially set up or haven't set up. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil nothing, but some of the things that were uncovered or spoken about or that took place in that, in that finale, I'm like, Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm liking where this connective tissue is, is taking us for, for future TV series or films or whatever they're going to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I just like, so it's a bit of a cop out from me to say that I wasn't going to watch the show and this series because it doesn't seem like my kind of thing when I can honestly say if I had given it time I would have realized that my biggest complaint a lot of times with comic adaptations and such like that is studios take them too seriously and try to really um, put them in the real world and make them like just um, stupid serious you know like they 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 take the essence of what is in the comic books out of it and just make it and make a movie mm-hmm. um, whereas this series actually was a bit more true to form on the comics and just uh, decided to kind of uh, explore the absurdity that comics kind of bring to stories so yeah so that, that, that's essentially what I'm approaching with this and where I should have given it time and had the opportunity to understand what they were doing more, I obviously would have appreciated it. So, mm. yeah, I'm very excited, too. very excited for the future for for this character and uh, adjacent characters that uh, pop up in this show. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm 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 keen and and yeah, if if they decided to make She Hulk Attorney at Law for the next ten years and new season every year, I'd be all for it because I think this show could exist on its own just with the concept and, and the way the way that uh, it's written and then and then shot would be would be awesome because it's just easy watching and yeah, it's easy funny watching, yeah. and it's self aware and you know, the fourth wall breaking and everything else that goes on in there. It's just mm, all for it. So uh please and thank you, Marvel, more She Hulk for us would be yeah. lovely. Yeah, and um apart from that, uh of oh side note uh, got back into Rick and Morty, which has been an interesting thing. I think now that I it, it's kind of passed and that weird fandom isn't so present anymore, I'm actually enjoying watching Rick and Morty again. So take that as you will. Anyone that maybe watched it previously, maybe it's okay to go back and watch. That, that's that's me, Miss Hart. I haven't gone back since like season three. Yeah, so... I keep thinking about it, but then I go out the front door to take the pups for a walk or something and my neighbour who's a 40-something-year-old corporate oh. businessman has got a Rick and Morty um, doormat at his front door. And every time I see that, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Ugh. Well, if it makes things better, you start to see in episodes where they kind of pick fun of the fandom. Like they kind of make these passing comments where they kind of make fun of the fandom. So I think even they're not happy about what some of their fans have done to the series. Okay. So I'll okay. put that forward. It's been all right. Pretty pretty good watch now um and then apart from that uh just getting really into overwatch too um really spending time and getting like actually really taking time through the battle pass still haven't bought the full battle pass which i might have to do now since i'm almost towards the end um so i'll have to give that a solid try the halloween event is on maybe finishing soon by the time this podcast comes out. Um, it's been lots of fun. I mm-hmm. like the stuff that they've kind of added onto it. And um, I guess just throw it in there as well. Uh, the Overwatch League finals happened recently. Congrats to uh, the Dallas Fuel. Really enjoy it. It's like I've, I never would have thought that there would have been any eSport that I could have actually followed and enjoyed. But for some reason, Overwatch League is uh, is my eSport of choice. I there really, really do enjoy watching that one. So. It's the bug that bit you, hey? Yeah, seems like it's the one that grabbed me. 
Yeah. Like we were talking offline before we started recording today about Overwatch and how it is very accessible for, for, a, for an entry-level fan to watch and, and like appreciate what's going on on the screen and it is a bit of a visual spectacle and the large-in-life characters and seeing all these abilities popping off. Like it is a very pretty thing and a very um, – it's attention-grabbing. Uh, when yeah. you're watching it. So I, I like to put it on in the background if I'm doing some editing and just like to have a bit of a visual thing going on on the side screen. I'll chuck someone streaming a bit of Overwatch or Apex, one of those two, usually the two I bounce between to watch and yeah, try and pick up little cues and how they play certain characters and whatnot. Little but I tricks and stuff. I've sadly yeah. missed uh, the, the Halloween sort of event so far. I haven't played Overwatch in a couple of weeks and I saw there's some pretty cool skins and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, do I, do I jump in and, and waste some money? That's the, the the one thing that made the news is just talking about um, how ridiculous the costs of certain items are in the uh, <laughs> Overwatch store and how comparatively you can purchase the like like I think the keychain was the example where you could actually buy the keychain in real oh, life. Oh yeah, that's right. For less than the keychain in game, which I saw that. Pretty, yeah, that's that's bad. insane to think about. You could own a physical one in your hand for less than the digital version that would be attached to your weapon in Overwatch exactly. 2. So that's that's bananas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah the, the marketing and the sales campaigns and the angle that they go on with that to generate that cash knows no limits and uh, we will not see the end of this for a long period of time, that's for sure. Definitely not. But, yeah. That's 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 been the week that was. For nice, me. nice. So so the cleft notes of that listeners, watch She Hulk, play Marvel Snap, watch Terrifier two, and watch Overwatch streams to to learn the strats and just appreciate the uh, the skill sets that these players have because uh, yeah when they're all working together and seeing the meta just uh, synergizing sort of effortlessly on, in a way it's 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 a sight to behold. Exactly. And you may learn something, or maybe yeah. you won't. Yeah, I try to. I try to try to learn which characters I should try and gravitate towards, or what I'm what doing. What the matter is, yeah. Bad on with certain playstyles. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, something else that's fun, listeners. Ko-fi.com forward slash we are eight bit or shop eight bit.net where you can uh, support us monetarily or get yourself some tasty, tasty eight bit merchandise. Something else that's uh, tasty. We've just uh, soft launched our brand new website. We've uh, re- rebuilt the website from the ground up. Again, apologies about that, but uh, obviously 8bit.net you can go to or you can check out our brand new URL, which is videogamesandculture.com. So that is the new place for all things 8-bit and all things video games and culture. And uh, yeah, it's had a sexy, sexy new coat of paint added. There's a ton of new um, yeah, areas on that website where all the episodes are playable directly in your web browser. So you can um, play all the latest and greatest 8-bit related podcasts directly from your web browser there. And you can continue browsing or continue utilizing some of your apps or jumping into different web tabs and it'll keep playing natively. So uh, yeah, it'll, it'll embed itself into your web browser and away it goes from there. Super clean, and uh, you can also vote if you go to videogamesandculture.com forward slash awards. There's a direct link right on that page there where you can vote for the biddies. The 2022 biddy voting lines are officially open. That is running right through until December the 8th. So get your votes in because this is entirely community-driven. Us here at 8-Bit, we have no say on who the winners and or losers are for the biddies. So uh, get those votes in, let your voices be heard, and uh, go in the draw to win a ton of swagger from our proud sponsors, Audio Technica and Spreadshirt for the biddies there. So uh, yeah, videogamesandculture.com forward slash awards there. But uh, if that URL is still a little bit too much to swallow, 8-Bit.net will uh, automatically direct you over there as well. So uh, check that out. Any feedback or thoughts on that would be appreciated. Miss Hart, I've got a super quick one for you here before we jump into the news. So I wanted to ask, to weeb or not to weeb, Miss Hart? And this is an, uh, a po- uh, not a podcast, this is an anime I watched on Crunchyroll maybe a month or so ago, but I sort of forgot to bring it up. But I feel it is very much in your wheelhouse. So it's mm-hmm. called Miruku-chan, and the, the synopsis is this. She can see dead people. She just chooses to ignore them. That's Miko's plan anyway, with horrifying and sometimes hilarious results. So a really quick, concise synopsis. 
Are you in or are you out on uh, Maruka-chan? I mean, it's probably one of the more simpler synopsis that you've given me. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, just based on that alone, yeah, like very, very much has my interest. I, I, I will to weeb because, yeah, a girl that can see dead people but she's uh, just not interested, that sounds great. <laughs> it, it's it's the second I started watching it, I thought of you straight away because it feels like it sort of checks a lot of those boxes you look for and appreciate in in media. And it's a four point eight out of five as far as the star rating done by by viewers, and that's based off over six or five point nine k ratings on Crunchyroll. So it's uh, very well reviewed. Uh, Twelve episodes available in sub or dub format, depending on your preference. But it's it's really great. The characters are fun. Miruku-chan, the the lead protagonist, she's she's adorable. She's sweet, and just watching her try and like you know seeing these these horrific Japanese spirits and and um, dead people around her all the time, but in these very normalized human situations is fun, and just sort of seeing her navigate that landscape and then everything mm-hmm. that comes off the back of that. It's it's really really cool. And yeah, twelve episodes. It's an easy watch. It's funny. It's sad. It's a bit scary because yeah, some of those some of those spirits are very creepy looking and very nightmare inducing. So it sort of mixes those those sort of flavors and themes together really well. And uh, yeah, it's it's good fun. I hope we get a second season because uh, yeah, I really really enjoyed my time. So Miss Hart is in. I am in. We are both weebin with Miruku Chan available on Crunchyroll right now. English sub or dub. Pick your flavor. But uh, let's get rocking and rolling into this. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, a little quick hitter right here. The Last of Us's TV adaptation will be arriving on HBO or Binge in Australia next January, with the first episode airing on the 15th in the US or the 16th of January of 2023. So uh, there was a couple of little leaked bits of info and uh, posters and whatnot that started started trickling out this week as far as is this or is this not the official date and then HBO got ahead of it and did the official tweet and yes uh, Joel and Ellie's experience and adventure and story is starting to be told from January of 2023 which is awesome you know two months away we don't have to wait long at all to experience some last of us and uh, I am hyped yeah, I'm look, still looking forward to watching this. There's been a lot of um, announcements in relation to the show, especially with cast, that um, have got me excited to um, see the series. And obviously, as a person who didn't play fully through the game, um, it's going to be nice to experience the story to <laughs> its full potential. It feels like it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. So to finally uh, finally getting a date, I don't know why I, I was under the impression that we already knew that we were getting it at the start of the year i don't know why i thought i knew that already but now it's confirmed so look forward to that start of the year uh happy happy new year and nothing like starting the new year with a story about uh what was it like a plague a virus yeah Mm. yeah like i guess they've waited just long enough now for for covid to sort of settle down and no one to really care about covid anymore so now it's probably safe to uh to pull the parachute and get The Last of Us onto the screens. But uh, yeah, on HBO or Binge or Foxtel here for the Australian market, get amongst that because uh, yeah, January 15th slash 16th, depending on where you are in the world, episode one drops. So they're going to be dropping an episode a week. This isn't going to be a single seasonal dump, which, you know, I wish they did, but I get it. I don't mind the the slow roll here and going week to week, but my lack of patience will uh, test me, that's for sure, going from that Monday right through to the following. But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see what they do here with The Last of Us. Fortunately, with how the internet is these days, that if you do a whole seasonal dump, that just that is just more pressure on people having to set aside time to make sure they watch it all in time before people make spoilers and start pointing out stuff and ruining the experience for others. So... Episode by episode just seems like a better option. That's fair. That's fair. But don't be that person either, internet. Don't. I mean, don't, spoil don't but you know. <laughs> Easier said than done, People right? Equal shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Slipknot. Knot Fest is actually, uh, yeah, happening in Australia 
in I think it's the back end of Q1 or Q2. I can't remember if it was March or April of next year, but Slipknot and a whole host of other metal stalwarts are going to be uh, stomping their way around Australia. So, uh, yeah, good times there, good times. Some, some less than good times. The Embracer Group is shutting down Anoma just months after its acquisition, with some staff set to be transferred to sister studios Eidos Montreal, Bloomberg has reported. The closure will impact some 200 employees. Formerly known as Square Enix Montreal, Anoma was acquired along with the rest of Square Enix's former Western Holdings back in August. It subsequently took the name Anoma back in October. But yes, four-ish weeks after the rebrand, they've decided to shut that studio down. Uh, Embracer, they don't muck around as we know. Like We talk about Embracer mm. on and off every other episode, it feels like, because they've acquired this studio or that studio and now they're shutting down this studio or that studio. It's... It's all about uh, the almighty dollar with Embracer Group. So hopefully the people at Anoma do manage to find work or like they did mention that um, some of the staff are getting transferred to Eidos Montreal, which is nice. But hopefully the other people that have been disrupted by this, uh, by this closure can uh, you know, get on their feet really quickly. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like we usually, when we talk about these um, studios being bored or taken over by a bigger, bigger <laughs> corporations we always say that well we hope that it just you know gives them security and it just helps them you know maintain their position and role so when you see this when there's been an actual closure they have like as you mentioned said that um people are going to be moving on to different roles but i don't think that's guaranteed for all 200 um so a bit of bad news and unfortunately very identical news just all over all mm-hmm. over the world when it comes to corporations um, based on the times and everything like that where either acquisitions or companies saw a boost in um, their product or whatever they needed so they hired staff and now a lot of big groups are now trying to get their money back and unfortunately the way that they're doing that is just firing a lot of people. So... It's 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 been a very consistent message, unfortunately. The essentially the arse end of this year, I think we're seeing mm-hmm. it more and more. We're seeing it a lot, obviously, play out with uh, with us all sitting on the the Twitter machine, watching that Ooh. all unfold, <laughs> and, and the uh, the human hurricane that is Elon Musk going in there and doing all kinds of things and firing all kinds of people. So uh, yeah. it's a bit scary uh, what's playing out there. So uh, yeah, no doubt we'll we'll have daily news headlines popping up regarding the latest with Elon and, and Twitter and people getting fired or working insane hours. You know, it's a whole thing. Uh, you know, we're not going to get into the semantics there, but uh, yeah, just just be better. You know, heads of companies, be better and, and see your people as people and not just a, a number in a machine. But anyway, anyway, let's, uh, let's shift gears. A uh, little quick banger here. Twitch is collaborating with Xbox currently to offer PC Game Pass trial access with subscriptions to your favorite streamers. So from November 4th through to the 11th, so once this episode comes out, you'll still have a couple more days left to get in on this action. Uh, Three months of PC Game Pass will be available when you purchase two new Twitch subs or gifted subs. This is only available for new Game Pass members, although not available in every country globally. The offer is in fact available in Twitch's biggest territories, and this also includes Australia, United States, and the United Kingdom. There's a full list you can find. It's, It's pretty easily available, but our primary hub's there all fall into this little little blanket, which is great. The offer comes after reports that PC Game Pass subscriptions have increased by 159% year on year. So if you, uh, yeah, gift or, or pay for two Twitch subs to your, your favorite streamer, this isn't like locked to a specific group of, of streamers, by the way. This can be anybody on Twitch that is applicable to get a subscription. You throw two subbies on there for, for whoever's in, in their chat. Um, and you'll get access to three months of PC Game Pass for free if you're yeah. a new uh, PC Game Pass user, which is an awesome little little hook. Um, you know, we talk about Game Pass all the time. It's the best value in gaming, and now you can get it on the back of something you're probably doing already. Exactly, yeah. So the, the key thing here is for new Game Pass people. So if you've already had Game Pass, you, you're not, it's not valid to you, unfortunately. They're obviously trying to claw out more new users to, you know, 
bring them in, get to experience it, and then obviously just stay on because that's the best way to do it. Three months is also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, just go into Twitch and then uh, there's a little uh, section in your drop-down menu. Uh, I think it's either inventory or drops, and you can actually find more information about how to claim it there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, two gift subs is in Australia. Ten I think bucks, it's like, roughly. Is it? I think, like, each one is like $7, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously prices vary. Actually, they might have changed it for Australia now because of the currency conversion stuff, yeah. but yeah, either way. Yeah, but it's 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 great. And um, yeah, it's three three months and it doesn't stack. So you can't you can't do four subs and get six months, no. you know, six subs and get nine months. That It's a three-month cap, but outside of that, obviously, for other new, new uh, purveyors of Game Pass, you obviously get a month for $1. So if you're not on PC and you're, you're an Xbox user and you still don't have Game Pass, you can subscribe or sign up to Game Pass for a dollar for the first month, which is awesome. Uh, on, the, on the other side of this coin, uh, we're talking sort of subscription plans and things. Uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers has fallen off by almost 2 million users since Sony launched its revamped subscription service in June. According to the company's latest financial report, Sony's multi-tiered PlayStation Plus subscription service has dropped from 47.3 million at the end of June to 45.4 million in the three months leading up to September 30th, a decrease of roughly 4%. 4%, you know, that's a number and, um, you know, a couple of million people is no joke, but 4%, I think, anywhere from like 4 to 10% month on month where, you know, certain games coming out or certain new things that you're getting in that in that subscription service is going to ebb and flow like i i'm i'm bad for this because i just let my subscriptions run and i pay them every month even if i don't touch the damn thing or download the games you know shame on me but then on the the flip side of that talking to jono he's one he's he's very astute with these things maybe he's a bit of a penny pinch i don't know but uh month on month if there's nothing there like he told me like he's just canceled his game pass subscription but then once something will come on he'll jump back on and jump back off so he's sort of He's being being wise with his pennies where I do not do these things. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's penny pinching. I just think that is smart. Um, just someone that's more on the ball and not letting these companies essentially do what they're hoping. Like, I'm not going to poo-poo it. That's, that's how you make money, right? You sub- That's how gyms do it. You know, sign up for the gym and you never go. You sign up for Game Pass and never install a game or whatever. So Johnny's just being the smart one. Um but the PlayStation, like 4%, yeah, doesn't sound like much, but I'm I'm assuming that as everyone's maybe yearly subscriptions and they'll continue to keep dropping and such. So um, I know that they were gloating. Um, I think they've had a massive increase in their console sales or a consistent increase in their console sales. Now they're able to keep up with production and such, but... Um, yeah, it's interesting to see how the two the two competing, I'll say two competing consoles because I always forget Nintendo. Um, poor Nintendo. And, poor Nintendo. <laughs> so, I mean, they're okay. They're doing their own thing. But seeing like Microsoft and Sony and seeing how they're approaching the gaming space in their own different ways where we're seeing Microsoft doing the subscription route and then PlayStation, PlayStation as we'll probably talk about sooner um is still focused on hardware and i guess major exclusivity content and just producing yeah it's just i guess more hardware based um content as opposed to microsoft subscription side yeah they're, they're sort of like they're walking similar but very different paths uh depending on on the lens you're looking through where Mm. Yeah, Xbox is starting to care, or like, you know, hardware sales is great, but they're starting to lean more into cloud and being able to play yeah. through PC and your mobile phone and everything else where it's awesome to have And a lot of collaborations a too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Sony, Sony having a crack at that here or there to, to mixed levels of success, but then at the same time when they are the, the uh, you know, undisputed kings as far as pure sales out data and, and units sold, they don't have to worry and try and pivot from that core business model because it's doing so goddamn well for them. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. And uh, I'm very curious to, to think in, in you know, three or five years' time, will Sony still be on that more physical hardware route and will the market still be just consuming that as, as the market leader that way or will this lean and emphasis into cloud and streaming 
start to overtake it and maybe Microsoft uh, takes more of the lion's share of the market by then. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And yeah, 4%, that's that's tough, but that, that'll ebb and flow. Like if, if they turn around in a, in, in a few months' time and, and, and include God of War Ragnarok into one of these subscription tiers with PlayStation Plus, you'll see this thing go... And then, you know, when Wolverine comes out or the next Spider-Man game comes out, like it's going to... It's going to go as as the, the games release, I think. And, and if they get available uh, day one, if they do maybe do a pivot and do an Xbox uh, marketing spin where you can get them day one in, in their PlayStation Plus um, deluxe tier or something. True. And speaking of God of War, we, are, we just saw um, the drop of the console-exclusive God of War combo that they're doing for PlayStation. So back mm. to the hardware. It's pretty. It's pretty. But uh, we'll see. The the world be loving God of War Ragnarok right now. It is uh, getting reviewed very, very well. Currently sitting on 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, you know, hosts of 5 out of 5s and 10 out of 10s ten yeah. from all the big outlets. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's looking good. It's looking good. And uh, it looks like... Uh, Santa Monica have uh, managed to execute their their goal and uh, try and make something that's bigger, badder, and better than the the most recent God of War entry to that series. And uh, yeah, excited to see uh, see more feedback when it gets released uh, this coming week. God damn, god damn. We stick with Sony and uh, talk more hardware. And I've titled this uh, bit of news. I've grabbed a bit of wording from uh, Press Start, but yeah, I've titled this PSVR two expensive question mark so following on from the announcement of the global playstation vr2 launch pricing this week playstation australia has revealed that the playstation vr2 will be priced at 879.95 aud and 959.95 aud if you're getting the horizon bundle uh, so the PlayStation VR is going to be launching on February the 22nd of 2023 and pre-orders are going to be starting slash active slash live from November the 15th. The PlayStation VR 2 will launch with two bundles, as I mentioned. So the standard PSVR 2 for $879.95 includes the PSVR 2 uh, plus sense controllers and stereo headphones. Then you've got the PlayStation VR 2 Call of the Mountain bundle, which also includes Horizon Call of the Mountain plus the headphones plus the sense controllers. And then you can also buy a PlayStation VR 2 sense controller charging station, which will be available and releasing on the same day for $79.95. They've also confirmed that there are 11 brand new PlayStation VR titles uh, slated for release in 2023. I'll quickly just rattle off the, the 11 title names, then we can jump in and sort of unpack where we think's necessary. So the 11 titles includes the Dark Pictures Switchback VR, Crossfire Sierra Squad, The Light Brigade, Cities VR Enhanced Edition, Cosmonius High, Hello Neighbor VR, Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip, Zenith, The Last City, After the Fall, and Tentacula. So Miss Hart, PlayStation VR 2, coming out in February. It's at a you know, pretty expensive price point, but are you uh, are you going to be an adopter of this hardware? Are you going to be pre-ordering in, um, what's the, that's the sixth, in uh, nine days' time? Are you going to be chucking a pre-order down for a PSVR 2? Probably not, only because I still am predominantly a PC player mm-hmm. like when it comes to video games i actually don't remember last time i touched the playstation um or to be honest any console apart from my switch see there we go nintendo i included you but i i am happy to see that sony has continued to work on the vr space and now has the new technology with vr2 the pricing obviously still isn't appealing to um anyone that maybe wanted to take that opportunity to get into the vr space it is a little daunting and there's still a lot of risk there for you to invest into vr especially if it's the first time you experiencing it but i still stand by the statement that we really should be investing in vr and evolving vr because there's still still like so much opportunity in that space um but i'm happy that sony's doing something about it especially on the console side um but yeah, I don't like it's hard because throwing the question at you is like saying, is the Pope Catholic? Like, are you buying it? Like, um, like, 
I'll, I'll, I'll just say probably and I'll regret yeah, it later. Fair enough. Like I, I was thinking about this overnight when, when I was sort of chucking some notes in on, on the agenda and, and around VR and I'm like, I wonder if if EB Games or, or whatever, they're going to have some kind of trade-in bundle because I've got the PSVR, obviously. I've got the Oculus Quest as well, both sitting in the cupboard, both gathering dust on dust on dust. That's That's not a shot to the hardware. It's great and it's fun and it's awesome to see people experience it. But it's not a daily... It's not a daily play for me. Like it got to be in a certain mode and obviously you need to then have the space to, to properly appreciate PSVR when you are moving around and, and experiencing these, these games and these, um, what, what's the other word? Like the, the technical demos or, you know, these, these little slices that they have. Cause a lot of the time you wouldn't classify some of the games or the releases as full-fledged titles as well because they're more, more of a smaller experience. And I'm I'm a little like underwhelmed. Like the the hardware looks great, and I like with the uh, with the new PSVR Sense controllers. There's a lot more functionality and intelligence and tech in these Sense controllers, which is cool. But you know, you can get yourself an Oculus Quest for six hundred bucks, and it's completely wireless. You know, the experiences aren't triple a you know you're not seeing resident evil village running on it or anything like that but like as far as a gateway to vr it's it's a easier way to get into it but yeah i think i will pre-order this and then you know maybe regret it later but then have some good times when i play it for sparing moments over the next several years and then no doubt probably trade that in for the VR3 when it comes out. And, you know, I'm just stuck in the cycle. I'm stuck in the loop. We were talking about those subscription services. Yeah. I'm like that when it comes to new hardware as well. Like I'm stuck on the tracks. I can't get off. So I'm just going to ride it through just like I'm going to be doing in Switchback, which is the the Dark Pictures game. So it's a super massive game, um, you know, and I really, really enjoyed the, the super massive entry on the original PlayStation um, VR cruising around on, on like on literal rails getting chased and shot at and attacked by all kinds of hell beasts that's going to be awesome but there's no real massive hook on this list of 11 games like i watched all the trailers for these and i'm like some of these look fine but i could not care less about a lot of them and that's not you know disrespecting the the time and the money and the love and the blood sweat and tears that these developers put into these games but i thought something like we might see like half-life alex get announced on there, which sure. is, you know, a, a VR heavyweight or lean more into the, the Resident Evil Village DLC, um, or VR version of Resident Evil Village that's coming out. Like those 11 games that sort of coincided with this this costing felt a little weak t- to for me. Uh, maybe yeah. Maybe VR purists might say I'm an idiot and fair enough because maybe a few of these games have some things that I just... Um, overlooked and it could be a massive hook for, for VR. But when I saw that, so that list of 11, like uh, going back to, to 10 things I hate about you, I was feeling very whelmed. I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just whelmed. I was just like, okay, cool. There was some things like Jurassic world. I'm like, Ooh, dinosaurs, Jurassic. Yeah. But then there wasn't really much, much sort of footage shown of it anyway. Like it's a reworked version of, of a two part um, entry to that series Zenith The Last City, that's a VR game that Nasi, friend of the show, has been trying to get me to play with him on the quest for months and months and months. And like looking at it in the VR2 trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of funky and cool. It's, you know, it's a, an MMO with an anime-esque flavor to it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't think I want to play a big MMO long-term on VR because I'd probably get a little queasy after playing for a while. And, you know, I'm, I'm good, but it's it's a lot of cabbage like dropping 960 bucks on the call of the mountain bundle which is probably the way i'm gonna go is a little uh little expensive especially coming up to christmas yeah yeah but that's the that's the ever like the the big cycle of it all right is that you know vr needs the investment it needs the interest of like players so how do you appeal to appeal to a player base but then assuming the hardware is expensive to make as well as you know sell 
um, and market and develop and everything like that. So, you know, you've got to put the cost attached to it. But then when it's not accessible, then you can't get the player base. And when you can't get the player base, you can't get the money and the investment and the interest. And then you mm-hmm. don't get studios to develop any more into it because it seems like a dead space. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so like that's this is the problem in the recycle when it comes to VR and that's that's just the problem and i can't i can't say anything about it because i just said no i'm not going to get myself one because i don't use a playstation so i just i don't know like it's just like so many i just the problem is is that i see the possibilities and positivities of what vr can be like for people in the future like 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 i always bring up like when we're older like you know, there's going to be a lot of times in a lot of us that when we reach an older age where we might have accessibility issues and we might not be able to like approach gaming or maybe even just, you know, exploring the world as much as we would want to. And mm-hmm. I feel like VR will be that, you know, that that area. But if we if we don't hurry up and fix it soon, we're going to be the generation that misses out, really. Yeah, it feels like like we're close and we're there in some facets of of those bridges between certain gaps or technologies or industries. But as far as gaming, we're not quite there yet where cost and accessibility and then the complete AAA experience that we're used to from gaming in a VR world isn't there. Like we've got some games like... You know, Resident Evil 7 and Village and Half-Life Alex, they're sort of the benchmarks, I think, as far as big-time AAA games making their way to virtual reality. But the rest of this list, like some of these demos, I'm just like, I'd play some of these games for like 10 minutes, it feels like. I'm like, I've, I've experienced it. This is fine. I'm moving on. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, 959.95 AUD for the Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle. We'll, uh, we'll circle back on this. We'll chuck a poll out this this week and sort of see what the temperature check is uh, yeah. from, from the AP Nation to see, are you in? Uh, what's your thoughts, good, bad, or otherwise? Are you going to be adopting this, uh, this hardware in February? So that Q1 is getting jam-packed with games and now some hardware uh, making its way to the shop fronts. And there's a bit of divisiveness too because I know some regions around the world, you can actually pre-order the PSVR 2 directly from the Sony website. So in the US, you can buy it direct from Sony as opposed to having to go through your GameStop and stuff. So there's a bit of discourse there where retail outlets are like, yo, we promote your product and spend all this money on marketing and now you're going to sell this other stuff direct and cut us out completely? Like it's a, it's a little suspect there, Sony. I don't know what what the, the methodology is for, for that, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. But if you don't want to wait until February to get your hands on some new new, it's okay because we've got you covered. New releases and events. Things making their way to the small screen this coming week. So we're talking new releases between November 7 through to 13. Season 5 of The Crown dropping on Netflix. If you like that uh, royal melodrama, you can check that out on Netflix there. Save Our Squad with David Beckham and Zootopia Plus making their way to Disney Plus. So (laughs) Save Our Squad with David Beckham sounds like Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares or something, but with the shitty underperforming soccer or football club. David Beckham is the host. So uh, I'm going to watch an episode to see how much of a mess this is. I wonder how much David Beckham's involved because I don't find him... He's boring as shit, yes, isn't he? Yes, yeah, there we go. He doesn't have that charismatic power to be able to hold a show together or be engaging and interesting. He might have interesting knowledge to put forward in regards to the, the saga slash football space, but in regards to actually keeping a show afloat, I don't know how well he'll do with that. Yeah, it's funny that like him and Posh Spice, two very boring, very bland personality types found and married each other. Like It's, uh, it's very fitting. Very fitting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Save Our Squad with David Beckham on Disney Plus as well as Zootopia Plus. And holy guacamole, this came out of nowhere. I thought we were still a few weeks away or a few months away, but season three of Mythic Quest making its way back to Apple TV or Apple Plus this uh, coming week. And also the English uh, season one dropping on uh, streaming services as well. So a good smattering of uh, stuff to consume on the small or the streamers mm-hmm. cannot wait for season three of mythic quest i'm so excited yeah mythic quest like um if watching uh Rexham, welcome to Rexham. um there were hints little little tiny bits of uh mythic quest in the background also little bits of always sunny as well but um 
yeah, I, I, it's good to see that this one's back and it's just, have, has it, have we gotten that early confirmation if they've been approved for a season four yet or? Not that I'm aware of, but mm. it could have because I, I completely missed that this was coming out so soon too. Like I remember it, it got announced uh, sort of during uh, that Game Fest sort of area and they, 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 season three was confirmed during like the Ubisoft uh, focused announcements but I just completely missed that it was so so close. So I'm very happy about that. And something else that's coming out this week too, Wakanda Forever, dropping globally on the big screen. So if you want to go get that big cinematic experience, I'm very excited for Wakanda Forever. I think it's going to be a very special film like in a, for a whole host of reasons, but I think it's going to be a great, great watch. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going into this one with any kind of expectation, just looking for, a, you know, superhero action movie that's a little bit different from the others as well i you can kind of already tell where this um story is kind of going but just the overall design aspect of it is really what has me interested there's some yeah, absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous yeah Holy set moly. pieces and costume design and everything in there that's just stunning so i i look forward to that like these are the kind of experiences that you want to see on the big screen so i just love the that juxtaposition between <clears throat> the traditional African culture and like future tech and big city, like where they, excuse me, weld these worlds together. And Ryan Coogler, he's got some skills behind the camera. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with Wakanda forever. So that's coming out obviously globally here um, in, in cinemas everywhere. So I'm very excited to see that as far as games or, you know, re-releases or new console drops for titles, there's a good offering here coming to all kinds of platforms as well. So we've got a little to the left, Football Manager 2023, Oddworld Soulstorm, which has been out on other platforms for I was dropping on Switch. Return to Monkey Island is making its way to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S. It's also available on day one um, on that release date of November 8th slash 9 on Game Pass. Obviously, it's already out on PC and Switch. Sifu is making its way to the Switch. Sonic Frontiers coming out on everything this week. God of War Ragnarok, obviously the the big title uh, that's on everyone's lips. Vampire Survivors making its way to Xbox. Atari 50, the anniversary collection, is coming out on everything. Resident Evil 2 making its way to the Switch. Tactics Ogre Reborn coming to PlayStation, Switch, and PC. And Valkyrie Elysium is dropping on PC as well. So a lot of games there to sink them teeths into. Yeah, good luck to Sonic Frontiers. Um <laughs> <laughs> you got one day to play it, um, <laughs> especially if you're a God of War, uh, God of War fan. But I am looking forward to seeing um, the general consensus between the fan base for God of War. Um, obviously, we saw all the you know news outlets and uh, groups uh, with their reviews, and majority, actually, yeah, major majority, um, saying yes, ten out of ten, nine out of ten, nine point five out of ten. So it's good. I always like to see the difference between what the fan base feels and like, you know, actual valid fan base opinions on the game, not just picky, unnecessary pickiness for just being an asshole's sake. But mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see them probably compete against, um, oh, Elden Ring. That's the game Yeah. Uh, for Game of the Year. Yeah. I, like I was talking to... Um talking to Jono about this the other day as far as the the game of the year like we were sort of talking like our our running top 10s at the moment and sort of my my top three consists of Horizon Forbidden West uh, A Plague Tale Requiem and then Elden Ring and then I sort of said God of War is going to fit in there somewhere as well a few weeks ago and it feels like that's that's my my sort of top four but I think yeah Elden Ring and, and God of War are ultimately going to probably be the, the main talking points when it comes to award season but uh yeah exciting exciting times we've had a had a couple of big time games drop out this this year and, and a couple of big time games that are going to get talked about for years and years to come i think so sure, uh, yeah yeah we've got a we've got a god of war ragnarok spoiler cast on its way as well uh we're just trying to um you know get get things tidied up and finished off there so uh we'll have that coming out in the coming week or so, and that'll obviously give you spoiler-free impressions for the first half. In the back half, we're going deep into story and spoilers and big moments. So uh, anyone that is going to be playing or has played and finished and wanted to sort of 
compare notes, you'll be able to check that out on the spoiler cast there. And that's on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed. Or if you wanted to head over, obviously, to apit.net or videogamesandculture.com and you'll be able to find those episodes right there um, available to consume whenever you'd like. But uh, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 306. Anything else you wanted to mention or shout out before we close this sucker down for another week? No, I'm... Good, good to go. I'm going to see if there's any more esports out there for me to watch. Although I do also watch Apex a little bit as well. But It's fun to you know, watch. It's curious. fun to watch. If anyone's in our Discord, let me know what uh, esport you enjoy watching. If it's a bit of LOL, a bit of, you know, I don't even know if WoW does any kind of events. That's how unknowledgeable I am. But um, yeah, tell me what, what uh, esport you like to watch. What, com- what competition I should keep my eyes out for. Mm. Yeah, what's what's the recommendations? What are things we got to check out? So uh, yeah, check that out. Drop into our Discord. Obviously, the Discord link is directly in the podcast show notes here or there's direct links on our website as well that you can uh, jump on in and, and join that crew. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We're getting very, very close to Christmas and end of year. So obviously, yeah. we've not only got the biddies, which we mentioned at the start there, we're going to be doing our favorite things of 2022 again. And we've also got Festivus. So we've got sort of three yeah. themed episodes coming up in December. So uh, yeah, head on over to videogamesandculture.com forward slash awards to get those biddies votes in. But uh, yeah, it brings us to the end of this episode. So thanks everybody for stopping on by. Be sure to rate, view, subscribe us and all the other podcasts to on the regular because it helps keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But Ape Nation, that's us for now. So until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.